wicked, wicked fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, yes. real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. G'day everyone, Lauren Cress, the business scientist here for another episode of Grow Your Brand. I'm here on a Wednesday. I'm very proud of myself. Two episodes so far. I hope you're proud of me too. Uh, I hope you're enjoying the episodes and if you haven't already, make sure that you subscribe. Now, I just want to explain subscription is completely free, right? So when I say subscribe, I just mean hit the subscribe button on iTunes or Google Play or Spotify, wherever you listen to the podcast so you'll know when the next episode uh, becomes available you'll get a notification or you can you know jump into your your sort of subscription library and, and see what's new so my business was sponsoring the show uh, before uh, but now it's just me uh, so if you do want to shout me a coffee you know if you feel like sort of listening to this show is worth a cup of coffee uh, you can head over to ko-fi.com, which is ko-fi.com forward slash Lauren Cress, and buy me a cup of coffee. You can buy it for me as a one-off thing or you can do it once a month. Either way, I would really greatly appreciate it. If you can't afford to buy me a cup of coffee, that's cool. The other thing you can do is share this episode with your friends so people know, oh, this is kind of like a cool podcast that my friends listen to. That's actually how a lot of podcasts grow. So would really appreciate that. Now, today we're talking about experiential marketing, which has, you know, was like the fastest growing sort of area of marketing pre-COVID. And obviously with the shutdown of events, with the shutdown of retail, it was really hard to sort of do anything too experiential but I had a chat with Joe Haynes so this is from a live stream chat we did about six weeks into lockdown here in Australia and we chatted about other ways that you can create experiences for people if you can't have them in your store or at a conference and I think this is actually super super valuable because we're seeing you know uh, I mean in America right now there's states going back into lockdown here we've got Victoria's gone back into lockdown we're gonna see the continuation of first waves that are you know really big in some parts of the world I'm gonna see second waves also popping up as well so I think it's actually it's really hard to be a marketer at the moment if you want to be using things like conferences and you want to be using things like in-store experiences when a lot of customers are ordering online. Uh, you know, with sporting events, same kind of thing. If you can't have people in a sporting arena, what do you do? So I speak with Jo about this. She has some fantastic ideas. Jo is super, super innovative. So I highly recommend checking out her website if you're interested in finding out more about experiential marketing and uh, what she's doing over at Blink Republic. So just head over to blinkrepublic.com.au. Uh, she has an awesome team. Uh, they're a lot of fun. You can also find out more about Joe 
on her LinkedIn profile. So I'll put the links to her LinkedIn and to her website in the show notes. Um, Without further ado, I'll let you have a listen to today's episode. I hope you enjoy the show today. G'day everyone, Lauren Kress, the business scientist here and joining me this afternoon is Joe Haynes. Joe runs Blink Republic, which is an awesome company, which I'll get her to tell you all about. And today we're going to talk about the importance of connecting with customers and how to create meaningful and memorable moments. So Joe, thank you so much for joining me. I'm really excited about our chat. Hi, Lauren. Thanks for having me this afternoon. I'm excited too. This is my first LinkedIn Live. Do you know, I've had a few people who are like, this is my first one. And I'm like, oh, I hope I do a good job. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure for both of us. (laughs) So um, just to start with, can you tell us a little bit about Blink Republic and a bit about you and and what you do? Of course. So I started my career, very luckily, uh, with Budweiser Beer in the UK. Uh, I joined their marketing team and uh, received a very good Uh, founding of the marketing mix. So developing TVCs, uh, perhaps developing shopper marketing, so understanding consumers um, and how we could engage those consumers in the right environment, digital, um, and then also MPD. So developing innovation and then launching that into the market. From there, I then um, continued my career within the alcohol space. So um, I worked for Panericar for 10 years. Um, And that's when I really honed in on my innovation experience um, and really understanding, I guess, my love um, for that particular space. And in addition to that, joining, partnering that that love of innovation with um, experiential marketing. So how a brand can engage a a consumer or a fan in the right environment and delivering their brand message, um, and then hopefully converting that fan or consumer um, into a lifetime customer of the brand. So um, having sort of gained that experience within that big brand space or with those large corporate companies, uh, I then established Blink Republic eight years ago. Um, And Blink Republic really is um, a partnership of my two favorite things, those being innovation and experiential marketing. So as an independent agency, we work with brands, sporting organizations um, and sponsors uh, in order to bring to life those particular brands, their stories, their messages in the right environment. So for people listening to this who, I mean, experiment, I feel like now, I always say experimental instead of experiential. (laughs) I have to say that three times. With experiential marketing, I feel like, you know, up until, you know, you and I were discussing this just before, up until a few months ago, this was in growth, right? So can you talk us through a little bit about, you know, kind of defined it a little bit there, but what was the trend until sort of coronavirus, you know, hit? What was happening in the marketing space and why is experiential marketing been so important for a lot of marketers? 
Absolutely. So maybe if we just take one step back. So firstly, for some people that are perhaps listening or watching here, they may be going, what on earth is experiential marketing? What are you talking about? <laughs> so maybe I'll just explain um, for those people um, what experiential marketing is, because I mean, really, if you think about it, experiential marketing is the, is the relatively new um, cousin within marketing. So um, some people might not have, have perhaps been exposed to it or, or have used it or if they have been exposed to it, they perhaps didn't know that it was experiential marketing. So experiential marketing is where we engage um, consumers. It's traditionally been done um, live, so it's a direct interaction between a consumer and a brand. Um, it's an experience that is brought to life by that brand that the consumer, it's a memorable experience that that consumer walks away um, knowing what that brand is and what that brand stands for um, and perhaps what the key message is um, from the brand. It's really about grabbing that consumer or that fan's attention. So if we think about other um, marketing or other elements of the marketing mix, such as digital or TV or outdoor, um, yes, you would often see thousands of messages a day um, that you could perhaps sort of walk, walk on by. Um, experiential marketing um, is really designed to sort of stop you in your tracks and to have a one-on-one -on -one relationship between the brand and the consumer or the fan. So that's a little bit about experiential marketing. But to answer your question with regards to um, how experiential marketing has changed in, in, a, in a matter of weeks, mm. um, just like many other industries, um, experiential marketing has certainly been, been affected. So six weeks ago, I would have been sitting here telling you that experiential marketing was in plus 20% growth versus last year. Uh, a third of Australian marketeers were including experiential marketing um, within their budgets and, and significantly so. So experiential marketing was in some cases even replacing other traditional forms of marketing because CMOs and marketeers were seeing the value of that direct relationship between a brand and a consumer um, and how they could convert that consumer into um, a lifetime customer of their brand. However, as, as many of us have been affected, um, you know, COVID-19 has obviously stopped all events, all live sport, music, um, brand events, even, you know, closing much of retail, um, which, is, which is a sort of new and upcoming area, which we retailers are using experiential marketing now to, again, sort of cut through um, some of that crowded environment. Um, even now, you know, they're obviously closed um, for this time. So it's meant that we've had to really think outside of the box and how knowing um, the behaviours that consumers have adopted, how we can use those um, and how we can continue to, to deliver that brand message in a disruptive way. So as we all know, digital usage um, has significantly increased how can we um, you know, take those events or traditional events, live events, um, conferences, sporting events, how can we take those um, online and really develop and deliver an amazing experience um, for the consumer, but within that environment instead of the live environment? Can we talk about some of the examples of you know, being a fan of innovation yourself? Like what have been some of the innovative things that brands or that, you know, personalities have, have kind of done over the, the past, say, six weeks to create that kind of meaningful connection in an online environment? 
Absolutely. Um, so I think a couple of um, key examples. So one um, that I've really loved has been a music example. So a DJ, um, he has a big following both here in Australia and in the UK. So he's built his own brand. Um, he is traditionally used to um, playing within those live environments um, and he's now moved it to um, online. And I think what the what is amazing about this particular offering is that it's not just a case of he's now housing his DJ set online. It's a case of that he's recognised that it needs to be it needs to be a, a really great experience. It needs to be memorable and it needs to be interactive. So he has built an environment in which you know those consumers that watch can interact and and can interact live. So that could be through Messenger tool as an example. And he's also incorporated um, social media, so both Instagram and Facebook, in order to be able to capture people's images and their videos of them integrating into that experience. In addition to that, he um, has, so it's been a series of events. He has then um, continued to sort of build upon that by incorporating personalized um, merchandise that fans can then purchase they then receive um, that merchandise and experience when they receive it. And then they're obviously wearing that merchandise um, for the live experience. So I think that's one really good example. A second example is from an alcohol brand. Um, they were launching a new product um, within the last six weeks. Um, they knew that they needed to be able to offer not only influencers, but consumers and experience online. So they used um, brand, their brand educators um, online um, in order to be able to deliver the brand messages. The key with this particular example was that um, in each case, those consumers that signed up to be a part of it um, and the influencers were all packaged a surprise and delight um, package that they received before the event. So they received it, um, they received different components that they then used as part of the, um, the online training or as part of the online event. So each item had a role to play um, within that within that period of time. Um, so that made it really interactive. And again, um, you know, consumers could be a part of the experience, which is absolutely key. That then means that they walk away, um, you know, having a memory of that experience. How important do you think things like, like I actually was just about to reach over. So like um, I'm, I'm doing this represent to like, I'm, I'm representing the Alliance thing and like, they just sent me like a t-shirt, right. In the, in the thing. And I was like, when I got it, I was like, oh, that actually is really cool. I kind of feel like I'm, I'm part of this, you know, this, you know, something that's greater than myself. Like how important are things like, you know, t-shirts and, you know, the, the items that that kind of we actually, you know, I, I guess relate to the brand, but that we can receive that are tangible. Absolutely. I think a tangible item um, now, if you're in an online environment and you want to stand out and be different, I think there is definitely an opportunity for a tangible um, item. I mean, even if you think about um, now, shoppers, we, we've seen online shopping increase significantly. How as a brand can you stand out from others by offering some sort of experience or some sort of um, surprise and delight as that fan opens your package. So how, you know, they've bought that tangible item, but how can you perhaps offer something different and more memorable from your particular brand um, so that when that they when they receive it, um, they remember your brand. 
So that might be, I guess, a consideration for some, especially in this environment when, you know, we're not able to, you know, perhaps go and experience that makeup in 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 the retail environment or um, you know, go in and, and have a conversation um within within that environment with an expert um who who would be able to obviously tell us about the brand. Cause it's also that kind of um, you know, and we we talk about this in digital marketing as well, like you know, there's sort of peaks and troughs of like emotion, right? When someone's engaging with, or they've, you know, they purchase something. So you have like, I think, you know, a few moments after you kind of get your package, it's sort of like, there's this high that you're on. And that actually means from my understanding anyway, that you're more likely to, to remember things as well, because you're in a heightened emotional state. So you're more likely to care about a brand and to remember that brand during that that sort of time is that kind of part of what what you look at as well definitely and if we i mean we know that 80 percent of those people that remember um that have a great um experience a one-on-one experience remember that brand and then go on to purchase it again so 80 percent of them go on to purchase um and purchase again which is you know an amazing stat so if you're if we're talking about you know the online shopping environment if you're able to you know receive and, and have a great experience receiving that particular item then you should be or would be remembered um by that consumer so they they should hopefully come back and and purchase again which is what we're looking for well i was just going to ask like there's there's sort of two you know, main questions I want to ask you off off the back of this. So I think the one I'll ask you next is sort of just going back to this point about engaging fans because I don't want to lose that point. Um, and you mentioned, you know, sporting events obviously as well. Like, I mean, now there's talk in Australia that the NRL will potentially come back in some shape and form at the end of May, which I think a lot of people are really excited about. But we don't know exactly what that looks like. Um, us, you know, is sports in trouble? Is there going to be issues if they can't um, engage fans? And what sort of things do you think they need to be looking at to, you know, keep fans sort of excited? Absolutely. So from a sporting perspective, I mean, often you know, it's not just about following your favourite team. It's about, you know, perhaps going with your mates or your friends to the game. Um, it's about the banter that you have before, um, after the game. Um, you know, there's it, there's a sort of whole experience that comes with with being um, a sporting fan, be it for rugby, AFL, NRL, uh, cricket, tennis, as an example. Um, it there's that sort of conviviality that um, that really comes and sort of underlies um, sport, along with a bit of competitiveness, of course. Uh, so with that in mind. Um, of course, that live environment is is amazing, and we've seen it really change in the last few years. It used to be a case of that you would, you know, head to the game. You might sort of have a drink before you go in, um, but you're probably there sort of 30, 40 minutes before the game starts. Um, that dwell time has increased significantly. So now you're seeing that fans are making you know a day of of perhaps going to that game because. They know that there are other experiences and um, you know things that are on offer pre-game, and they want to be a part of that. It's part of the hype. It's part of the overall um, experience of it. I think now, um, yeah, as a sport, perhaps will be played behind closed doors. Um, certainly, in for the start or restart of the seasons. Um, now it's up to those sporting 
really the sporting organizations and the sponsors, you know, how do they engage those fans that are, are going to be watching at home? You know, what can they offer that's different? How can they offer that fan, um, you know, a, a truly innovative or unique experience um, whilst they're at home? So, you know, is it, we know that merchandise is huge for them. You know, how do they um, perhaps incorporate merchandise? How do you personalize that merchandise? How do you, um, you know, offer them something different? How do you perhaps, um, you know, integrate the team more, um, you know, the players? You know, how can you deliver them unique content that they perhaps haven't seen before and that perhaps they could start to build a little bit more of a direct relationship um, with the team? Um, as in it, they're just, I guess, a couple of examples. And then, you know, we hope that towards the end of the year, um, you know, some of those um, sporting arenas will be opened up so that fans um, can can obviously enjoy the, the game um, within that environment. And with that in mind, you know, potentially they're going to be opening with restrictions in place. So we are going to need to obviously consider those restrictions as we build um, the brand experiences uh, for pre-game or during the game. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like, as you're saying that, I'm like, it's sort of bittersweet, isn't it? Because it's like, oh, yeah, it's coming back, but it's not quite, I mean, the, the difference between going to a game and watching a game at home and then the difference between watching a game at home and watching a game with, you know, friends and family, like they are, you're so right, it's so much more than just the game. <laughs> it's all the things that kind of go around it. I think one point to add as well is that, you know, how do you facilitate? So how do brands and sporting organizations, sponsors, how do they facilitate and really capture the essence of what you would receive if you go to a live game? Um, how do they facilitate some of that at home? So restrictions hopefully will be lifted so that people can can, you know, perhaps have friends how can they gather to be able to watch the game um you know to further sort of, you know to i guess capture that essence and that conviviality um of, of game watching um but how do those brands and those sponsors and sporting organizations really help to facilitate that and to be able to bring it to life at home i think that's probably one of the questions and you know certainly we're working um to come up with some of those innovative solutions um, to help to do that so, yeah, actually, before I go on to my last question, then I might just throw it out to anyone watching, you know, feel free to put in some questions as well. I'm just going to pull up um, that on my phone now. But while you're asking questions, if you want to ask Joe a question, um, if people want to find out more about what you're doing at Blink, because, I mean, these kind of things, like even though this is down the track, I mean, really, you kind of have to start thinking about next steps now. Is that right? Like, it, it, it's not a, a quick a quick thing, right? No, and I think um, that really we do need to be starting to think about it now. And it's not just sport that needs to be thinking about it. It's also retail. So retail is going to start to open up. How is retail going to, you know, consumers are, are now shopping more online, but potentially you know, consumers you know, are missing being able to interact with the brands, being able to shop in that environment. So how do retailers um, you know, capture capture consumers and, and fans and bring them back into that environment so that, um, you know, that, so that the brand story can, can be told. So I think it's, it's certainly not just sporting organisations um, and sports that, you know, have been affected. I think this is open to everybody. It's the same with, you know, company conferences. If we're thinking about, you know, perhaps the, the health space um, traditionally where, 
um, you know, pharmaceutical companies have engaged their staff or their potential customers um, through conferences or forums. And um, now all of that is, is is being done online. You know, how again do they stand out? How do they ensure that their product and their brand um, stands out from the crowd um, and and um, you know is captured? So that and is remembered. Um, I think you know that they're some of the examples that um, of industries that that perhaps need to start be planning now or be thinking about it now. Um, certainly, yeah. So if people want to find out more and sort of have a chat, like, is the best way to get in touch with you via LinkedIn or via your website, or what's the best way to kind of do that? So um, obviously by via our website, so that's blinkrepublic.com.au um, or via LinkedIn. So one more question for you. And if anyone else has, has questions, um, please do feel free to ask them. But I mean, I always have so many. I, I feel like every guest I have, I'm like, I could seriously ask you so many more questions, but I'm just going to like try to be <laughs> concise. So, so the final question I have for you is about customer lifetime value. We kind of hinted at this a little bit before when you talked about, you know, the, the chance of someone rebuying or purchasing again or becoming a loyal customer when they've had that, you know, experience, that positive experience, you know, goes up dramatically. I think you said it was like 80%. Is that, is that right? It's 80%? I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. So if we think about this in terms of, you know, over time, and I think brands really especially now need to be thinking about this is like, you know, I'm seeing brands make some really short-sighted mistakes with how they engage with their, their customers at the moment. And I'm like, you know, when you're trying to build brand equity and when you're trying to increase uh, the, the, the lifetime value of a customer, what sort of considerations do you need to keep in mind? And, and maybe actually first, like, how would you even define customer lifetime value? Because I realise I've, I've asked you the questions I would ask, but probably should ask you first that one. <laughs> Uh, um, so I guess in terms of um, identifying ways in which you can increase customer lifetime value, which was sort of your first part of the question, um, what, our experience of that has been very much is, is ensuring that it is a clear, concise, um, but memorable message that the brand is delivering to, to that consumer. So it's identifying, um, you know, the key message that the brand needs to deliver, identifying the consumer that they would they want to deliver it to, um, and then um, ensuring that it's done in in the right and, and memorable way. So, it, obviously, the environment plays a role um, in that. So, the environment in which you capture that target consumer and that you deliver that message, and then the strategy and the way in which you um, you bring that brand to life and you and you deliver that message. I think. You know, the other key point in this is that there needs to be an action. So, um, yeah, what do you want consumers to do out of this? What do you want them to remember from the brand perspective? And how do you want them to remember it? And it's it's really identifying those objectives and those actions in order to be able to um, ensure that you're you're giving the consumer the right experience, that they, they walk away um, with that really good feeling about your brand and then um, they remember your brand and then hopefully they convert into being that lifetime customer. So for um, people who are kind of wondering, well, what does that actually look like? Can you give an example of a brand that's kind of, um, you know, or a case study where, where you've kind of see that play out? 
Absolutely. So an example um, from the sporting uh, sporting space. So KO Sports, um, as you may be aware, they are obviously trying to increase their subscriptions. So their objective is very much to increase um, their, their subscriptions. Uh, they've recognised that their target consumer would be a sporting consumer. They've even identified that sort of down further into the, the target consumer per sporting, uh, per actual sport. So if we take the example of cricket, um, they knew exactly who they wanted to target one day cricket fans. Um, they knew that they wanted to increase their subscriptions. So in their particular example, it was knowing that their message is that they not only want to increase their subscriptions but what they actually have to offer so you know ko sports can um, deliver you the very best um, in those sporting moments those iconic moments that you would want to remember and you want to be a part of um, and in the live environment space at the test cricket for them it was taking those iconic moments from the test cricket um, and then giving their fan instant memorabilia of those so fans were given the opportunity to receive a printed t-shirt with that instant memorabilia upon it that they could then take away. So from a fan perspective, you've been at the game, you've seen that iconic moment in play, but then you've got a piece of instant memorabilia that each time you wear, you then sort of take yourself back to that great iconic moment, yeah. um, which was brought to them by KO Sports and remembering that, um, that it was KO Sports that brought it to them. So I think that's probably um, an ex a good example of um, you know, using the latest technology and innovation to be able to print those iconic moments that happened you know, 20 minutes ago in a game uh, for a fan to be able to take that away with them um, and, and remember it. And for it to be you know, something that not everybody has, and I think that's the other piece here um, too, is that you know, in an experiential marketing um, space, you're often having an experience that, of course, not everybody's had. And that, that again, you know, further enhances that experience for that particular consumer or that fan. Now, Joe, fortunately for you, I think, because <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm, I'm hoping I get like a curly question to throw at you at the last minute, but I haven't any, anyone else questions. So... <laughs> I'm not going to throw you anything girly at the last minute. But if anyone has questions after this, after we finish the live, of course, feel free to put them in the comments and we can, you know, Joe, I'll, I'll tag you in as well. And obviously you can you can answer them. But um, I'll make sure that we have a link to, you know, your website and, you know, obviously people can connect with you on LinkedIn. Um, this is so much fun. Thanks so much for chatting with me. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I'm also thinking, Joe, that we should, if you're open to it, have a chat in a few weeks' time after we kind of see, you know, what happens with the announcements this Friday, you know, what happens with the NRL, um, because things are just changing so fast. It's, it's kind of hard to know what's going to happen next, right? So, yes, let's definitely catch up again um, as we innovate over the next few weeks and we build those, um, those restrictions or... At least, you know, certainly we'll be able to build in those um, those things that we need to consider. So, yes, let's definitely chat again in the next couple of weeks. Awesome. Thanks again, Joe. Appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye, everyone.